Welcome to the College Metropolis Podcast. This is where parents of high school kids learn how to engage, guide, and empower their kids as they go through the college admissions process. And now your hosts, a college admissions pro and a college professor, Hankel and Anthony Cadavid. Before we begin, we would like to ask you a question. Did you already subscribe to the podcast? If you haven't, please take a moment to click on the subscribe button on the platform you use to download this episode. Subscribing ensures that you'll stay up to date on new episodes. It also helps our show be found more easily by other people who may not be aware of it. You can also help our show greatly by letting other parents know about us and by leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any other platform you may have used to listen to the podcast. Your review will let those platforms know we are providing valuable content and it will help others find us more easily. Thank you. A big hello from the Kadavids, Anthony and Hankel Kadavid, to each and every one of you guys. This is our favorite time of the week, the time in which we sit to record our episodes. And today, we have episode number 119, Personal Preferences to Consider When Making Your List of Colleges. This will be part one, Differences in Urban, Suburban, and Rural Campus Locations. We will be talking a little bit about Villanova University and Texas A&M University. Absolutely. So this, you were saying earlier today, as we were talking before we went live here, that this is a hectic time of the year. Absolutely. I mean, you're thinking school's coming to an end, right? Most schools get out in about a month or so, roughly. <laughs> and in that month, there's a lot happening. There's proms. There's Our son just had his junior prom yes, last and night. There's um, SAT scores. There's uh, clubs that are meeting. SATs. To- Last oh. chance to take the SAT. I said for SAT the year, scores. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, SAT scores, also, and then whether you will t- retake the SAT or not. Absolutely. So it's big decision time, but let's never forget that this is critical for college admissions planning because because you're not in college, it almost takes a little bit of a back burner, and having it front of mind, I think is important so that you don't forget that there's deadlines, that there's Absolutely. things that need to be done. There's recommend, letters of recommendations that you need to re- to ask your professors for, your teachers for. And remember always that you have to be two or three steps ahead of those deadlines. That is correct. That So that those deadlines don't just sort of sneak up on you. Yes. So, you know, I wish these episodes coincided more with what is going on throughout the year, but that is not what we aim to do here. What we aim to do is to have a number of episodes that are evergreen. Right. Evergreen meaning that they just don't get old. Right. That and they- when, whether you, you know, at any time of the year that you listen to them, you are going to pick up something that is going to be very useful. Right. They're applicable. They're very applicable. And if, you know, we, we honestly, we if we ever come up with an episode, or when we come up with an episode, the first thing we think about is applicability. We think about practic, practical information that you right. could actually put into use. 
And if there isn't any, then we just don't make an episode. Right. Right? We, there are many ideas we have had, and we've scratched them because they're not very practical. So that is what we aim to do. And so today we continue our conversation that deals with how to make a list of schools. Now, listen, I get it. Most high school kids will, have, will already have an idea of the types of colleges they will want to apply to. They may already know that they want to go to a school in a specific geographical area. Mm-hmm. They may want to go to a school that offers a particular program. Fantastic. Or go to a school that, you know, to which one of the parents or a sibling actually attended. Or maybe go to a school that has a sports program or Greek life. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. But even if that is the case, we suggest that you still go through this whole process we are going to begin to show you today. Because you will find out that even among the schools that offer you what you want, there are going to be some that meet your needs better than others. Absolutely. Now, before you go on, I, I wanted to share this. So I am talking to a group of high school kids. And one of the high school kids, you know, after I do my presentation, I always ask, does anyone have any questions? And this one kid put both of his hands on his head and says, I am so confused. And I said, okay, what, 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 what's confusing to you? And he says, I already applied to college, right? To several colleges and universities. And one that I wasn't expecting to actually accept me, accepted me. Hmm. And so it's now between that one and another one that he really wants to attend. What was confusing to him is that there is one school the one school that he wasn't, you know, he thought he wasn't going to get accepted to, that school actually offers him a better financial aid, a better institutional aid package, right? They, mm. they give him more free money. Mm-hmm. So in essence, it will be cheaper. It will be less expensive for him to attend that university. However, that university does not offer the program that he is interested in. Mm. And so this kid was basically wrecking his brain, trying to figure out whether he should go to a school that doesn't offer his program, but that will in the end be cheaper. Mm. And I basically, you know, I, I had so many things I wanted to say, but I didn't want to just you know, come down on him with a barrage of things to tell him. Yeah, I mean, it's very, it's an honest struggle. Exactly. Because all families are made up differently, and all mindsets are made up differently. But, you know, my thinking was, my what I was processing at that time was, oh my goodness, I have failed you. (laughs) Because the first thing that I was hoping I sort of communicated to you is that you go to schools, you apply to schools that actually offer your program. Absolutely. <laughs> Why would you want to attend a school that doesn't offer your program, that doesn't allow you the chance to major in what you want to go to college for? Yeah. I mean, that to me was, I don't, you know, I don't want to, there's something called expert syndrome, And expert syndrome refers to the fact that at times 
there is something you know so well that you you expect everybody to know certain basics very well. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, people, most people don't. And so those of us who might fall into expert syndrome at times, usually teachers do that. You know, we assume that people understand the basics. And when talking to those students, boy, I realized in the case of that group of students, even something as basic as don't apply to a school that doesn't offer your major is something that I guess in the case of that one student, he just didn't know. Yes. And the thing is that perhaps he was looking more geographically and what is closest to home. Actually, or... that one was further away. Oh, well then. Much, much further away. Go. That I... is a school that is about, I would say, four or 500 miles away. Okay. Whereas the other one that also accepted him is 10, 12 miles away. Hmm. So yeah. that was an eye-opener to me. And uh, I just, you know, it just kind of, it added value to these episodes that we're putting together. Because, you know, there's some things that I, I really want to make sure we communicate to you so that when you make that list of schools, you really think about those schools that will absolutely meet your needs. Yes, and we are going to guide you through a process of narrowing down the colleges that are right for you. In other words, the schools that better meet your needs. Not the, the needs student. of anyone else. Yeah, right. that's right. And we will begin to do this by guiding you through questions that will help you uncover some of your deeper thoughts. Sounds kind of kooky, <laughs> kind of <laughs> crazy, but we will. <laughs> some of which you may or may not have considered yet. These questions have to do with, uh, for example, what is truly important to you in life and about college, right? And the things that you are interested in and uh, who you will want to become throughout and in the end of your college experience. So considering those things is, is pretty important. And this does not mean you have to have a major in mind. Trust me, right. I, I changed six times. So... This is important to all students, including those who are still trying to figure out which major to declare. That's right. That is absolutely right. And when we talk about these things that we are going to present to you, they are not going to be presented to you in one episode. We're going to go through five, six, seven episodes, and we are going to talk about these things in depth. Now, the experience that you will enjoy in college will play a huge role in your education. The college experience is much more than just a group of classes that you are going to take. It's more than that. It also involves a number of experiences, and that is the operative term, experiences. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a number of experiences that the college or university is going to make available to you, and the college is going to expose you to a number of very important topics. That experience is a huge part of your education. And because of all of those factors, it is important to consider what kind of experience or experiences will the college or university make available to you? And are those experiences what you are looking for? Mm -hmm. It's also very important to ask yourself, what is the mission of the college? What are the values the college upholds? You know, not just values in general, but also what are the educational values? 
And do those align with yours? And we will tell you how to figure out what those values are that the college espouses, right? Right. Now, when the college or, or university puts out any information that relates to the type of education it provides or that it is, it is known for, you know, the question is, what does it say? Mm-hmm. Is that the type of education you are looking for? So those are all things that are going to inform inform you as to what those universities and colleges are going to offer you during those four years that you attend. So let us give you a summary. In summary, making a list of schools is all about finding schools that are a good match for you in three areas. So when you find schools that really are a good match for you, we are talking about schools that offer you a good academic match. Yes. Schools that offer you a good social match Mm. and schools that are affordable to you. Nice. Because it doesn't matter if it's academically appropriate for you and it's a good social match if you can't afford it. So those three things, right? When it's time to make a list of schools, your goal is to find the schools that are going to offer you a good academic, social, and affordable match. Absolutely. And making a list of colleges should be fun. (laughs) I know right now you're thinking, oh my goodness, this is such a tedious process. But even though choosing the colleges and universities that you will apply to is, yes, a very serious undertaking, don't let us stress you out. I mean, have fun with the process. As and we're gonna say as much as you can, <laughs> um, because you have to start as early as you can. That's right. Right. So when you we're we're talking to you as if you're planning early for this college admissions process, and when you do that, you have time. Time is of essence when you're doing this college admissions process. Why? Because it allows you to research a school. Research, go online, find out what awesome schools offer your program, compare the thing, the, the different institutions and what they offer and which ones can offer more scholarships or, or more clubs that you're interested in. So when you start early, you, you have, have the opportunity right. to have a great time and enjoy yourself while making your list. So, but again, listen, we understand what it's like to be in high school. We know how busy it can get. We're just saying if you start early, there's more of that opportune moment for you to be able to make this an enjoyable process. That's right. And you will be sending in applications in the first part of your senior year. So starting in your junior year or earlier (laughs) is is a great idea. To begin thinking about these things. That's right. Absolutely. Or in the summer between your junior and your senior year. Now, a lot of people start way earlier than that. Yes. Right. Uh, so today we are going to talk about one of the big things we're going to talk about today is location. The differences in the in in you know when whatever the schools are located, the type of location it is, is going to play a role in the experience you will have. So here you go. We are going to not just in this episode, but in the episodes that will be following this one. We are going to walk you through five very important steps. Number one, which is what we are starting to do today, 
and I am sorry that my, my throat is a little bit tired. I just, this week was tough. I had to teach three classes that were two and a half hours each. And so my, I'm, my throat is still kind of uh, feeling the effects of that. <laughs> but the five steps that we are going to walk you through are, number one, we are going to walk you through some questions that will help you uncover your personal preferences. You are the individual, and I'm talking to high school students, who is going to go to college. So there are some personal preferences that you have, and if you haven't thought about them, well, we want to bring them up to your attention because they will play a big role. Number two, we are going to help you discover what a college or university must have to meet your needs. And this is going to be attached to those personal preferences that you would have discovered on step one. Number three, you are going to locate the schools that have what you need. Number four, you will take a look at your academic qualifications to see what the chances are that you will be accepted into a particular school. And number five, and this is the outcome of all of this, we are going to walk you through the process of making a complete and well-balanced mm -hmm. list of schools with, with schools in, in each of three categories. The first category is, hey, listen, we are going to walk you through the process of selecting three or four safety schools. Mm -hmm. Those are schools that, based on your academic qualifications, it would be very easy to be accepted into those schools. You want to have those schools in your list. Just in case. You want to have those schools that pretty much for sure are going to accept you based on your academic qualifications. You also want a list of three or four target schools. Those are schools for which, you know, you might or might not be accepted. Your academic qualifications are better than a lot of students who applied there and got accepted, but they're not as good as some of them who got accepted. So mm -hmm. you're kind of in the middle. And then we'll also walk you through the process of choosing two to three reach schools. Reach for the stars, baby. Reach for the stars. These are schools for which it will be unlikely that you will gain acceptance there, but you still want to apply there because in the past, they have accepted students with your qualifications. This is where we include the highly selective schools, the Stanfords, the Harvards, the Yales, etc. So, Mrs. Kadavid, why don't you walk us through the beginning of step one? Sure. Here we go. Step one in creating a list of schools that makes sense to you is to uncover your personal preferences. That's right. And the first personal preferences we are going to talk about is... Distance from home. Distance from home. Absolutely. So you have a choice, right? Close to home, like high school. That's these, like high school, right? Really yes. close to home. These give students a chance to drive to school for classes and to return home at the end of their school day. Yeah, yeah, choose. yeah, yeah. So here, you know, it, it's, it, it's really easy to talk about this very quickly. Hey, man, there are going to be schools that are close to home and there are going to be schools that are far from home. So just make your choice. Let's move on. Oh, no, hold no. on a second. Hold on a second. <laughs> hold on a second. This is huge. So I tell students, listen, man. So the reason why you want to think about this carefully is that, you know, the distance from home you know, some students don't feel that they're ready to leave the house. Mm 
Mm-hmm. There's so implications wanna, with these exactly, decisions. Absolutely. Exactly. And, you know, and, and listen, I get it that some students want to stay close to home because, you know, there's different reasons why, you know, some students don't feel ready. Others feel that, hey, the, the, staying closer to home gives me a chance to save money sure. by not having to live in a dorm. Sure. You know, some stu- some people have the idea that they just don't want any student loans. Mm-hmm. You know, I personally, you know, I, I feel that living on campus is... You know, part of the experience. It's part of the experience, and I wish everybody will have a chance to do it. Yeah. I and understand that not everybody's going to do it. I get it. Yeah. I did it. You know, I was one of those students that could have said, man, I can't really do that. Mm-hmm. Did I borrow money? Yes, I borrowed money. I don't regret it. I needed to do it. You needed I to had, do it because you were from Florida. I had nowhere else to go. <laughs> yeah, and you came to school in California. I lived in California, but I lived in LA, mm-hmm. Los Angeles. Went to school an hour away, and I had no transportation, so I had to live on campus. Mm-hmm. What a huge blessing. For me, it was a huge blessing. Yeah, me too. I learned a lot. It was a huge part of my education. Mm-hmm. It, man, it, I, what, it what, what am I looking for? It, 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 it fast-tracked me into maturity. Right. Being there by myself, taking care of myself in a controlled environment, surrounded, eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner, surrounded by students. With same similar goals. Man, similar goals, but with a lot more preparation than I had. Mm-hmm. So I had those great examples around me 24-7. That did something to me. Absolutely. Something huge. So close to home, and then you yeah, know, some it- students are looking for... Being far from home, right? So students may want to experience independence in a controlled environment, like you said. And different students may have different ideas of what that distance should be. For example, um, you can think about going to a school completely across the country. You can go to a school like you did an hour away. Or you can go to a school, for example, you're still in the same state. You're in California, but the state is so ginormically long. That's not even a word. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I know that. So it's so long that yeah, exactly. in eight hours, you're in a, comp- it looks like a completely different state, but it's still Absolutely. California, right? So Absolutely. you get to define those distances. You get to decide which is more beneficial for you. Do you, you know, if, and, and I want to be as honest as we can because we try to be on this podcast. But if you have a situation at home where the support isn't there for you to be, to have the most successful experience in college, then perhaps it's a need for you to go live on campus. And if, for for example, that may not be it. Perhaps you have a parent that needs to be cared for. You need to be at home. But don't let X, Y, and Z, however someone else is doing the experience, damper what you choose. Again, this is your preferences, what you need to make sure that it fits in, in your life. You know, and the thing that, where I, when I talk to students, especially not so much when I talk to parents, but when I talk to students, the thing that I like to impress upon them is, listen, man, this is not high school. This, you know, the closest college will be to your experience right now in high school is if all your classes were AP classes, <laughs> if all you were taking were AP courses, mm-hmm. right? With, with plenty of homework, et cetera. So it's not going to be like high school in that you go to college uh, 
And, you, you know, it's not like you're going to have the same schedule you have now. For my son, classes begin at 8.30 and they end at 3.34. Every single day, mm-hmm. Monday through Friday, right? Except Wednesday, there's a late start, but it ends at the same time. Well, college is not going to be like that. You could have one class at 8 in the morning, 8 to 10, another class at 1 in the afternoon, 1 to 3, and there might be another class. 6 to 10. 6 to, you know, who one, knows? Once it, a week. It, it won't, yeah, it could be. Uh, 6 to 9, six yeah, 3 to hours, nine. right, for under, undergrad. So it's not like you are going to be able to control your schedule of classes. So for a lot of students who decide to, you know, live close to home, they don't realize that because of making that decision, it's either you're going to stay on the college campus and, you know, in those long chunks of time between classes, you're going to have to either go to the library for three or four hours, which is great, but then there's another chunk of time between your second and third class. And so that could... Influence. That could influence how you end up doing that. Absolutely. Right? Whereas if, of course, if you lived on campus, then you have your dorm. You know, in some ways well, it's similar, but, but it's, it's a lot different. Or like I've, our friend, she lived, uh, she stayed at her house. She would come and we, we would give her our key. <laughs> so oh, if see. she needed to nap, she would just go into our dorm room. I did have friends take like a that nap, as well. And then go to class. And so we figured we were helping her in that way. And again, she had three other siblings that were going to private school. So she need, they needed to keep her at home. She yeah. couldn't afford um, to yeah. have, you know, a, a dorm. But again, we're looking to offer you the, the most realistic picture of what college exactly. uh, life would be and help you be the most aware yeah, and if when anything, making this list. If anything, give you things to think about. Sure. Right? All right. So let's talk about commuting colleges. These are the colleges that, you know, for which most most students don't live on campus. Mm-hmm. And we have a few of those here in California. Uh, commuting colleges are students where a higher number of the student population live at home. So, for example, here in Los Angeles, we have California State University, Los Angeles, where roughly 95% of students live at home. Wow. That is a commuting campus. Yeah. Most students may go home or leave the school campus for the weekend. We have an example of that. That's our alma mater. La Sierra University in Riverside, California, for example, is... For the most part, dead in the weekend <laughs> because, hey, listen, Los Angeles is one hour away. Sure. And so what do students do on Friday home. afternoon? They go back home. Sure. And so that is, I assure you, going to influence. It's going to affect your experience at that campus because it does something to you when you have a university that on holidays... Is very empty. Or on weekends, it is a ghost town. Right. So that is the thing to consider with commuting colleges. Yes. So consider, like we're saying, location, right? That's right. That's what we're talking about are today. You, are you choosing a school that's in an area that's urban, suburban, or rural? There's various campus locations. So let's go through each of those. Sure. Um, 
if you're looking in for something that's in an urban area, so a big city. Big city. Yes. Urban campuses are located in the middle of larger cities. And students will experience crowds of people around the campus at all times. Yeah, not necessarily. It doesn't have to be in the campus, but around the campus. Around the campus, right. And and, some, and in some cases, around the campus and in the camp- sure, campus. Sure, sure. And there's... Please consider there's going to be vehicle traffic around the campus as well. The campus may be spread out. Uh, for example, the University of Southern California is located in downtown LA. Downtown Los Angeles. Listen yeah. to this. <laughs> so it is not spread out. No, this is not not a school that's spread out. It is well contained. Yes, and it's in its within its own gated city. Really, I mean, it, it's quite a beautiful campus. It is a beautiful campus. We love to to go there. Yes, and you know, it's uh, it's a beautiful campus. It's a gated community. It's one of those where people that are, you know, people that live in Los Angeles, they don't cross. They don't go over the gate mm-hmm. because they don't have any business in the university per sure. se, right? Sure. But you know, you have to be the type of student. That is looking for that type of city experience. Yes. As I mentioned a few episodes ago, it might have been the last episode. The University of Southern California is, listen, man, that is the opposite of the other university I mentioned that was dead on the weekend. Mm -hmm. USC, University of Southern California, there's a lot going on on the weekends. Yeah. And again, consider your personality, right? And consider... Also, the effect those things might have on your study habits. Yeah, and there's a lot going on on the weekend that has to do with the school, but also that has to do with the city. Sure. So, yeah, for example, USC has a huge sports program. Oh, yes. So when the Trojans play, mm-hmm. trust me, you are going to know it. Yes. Because the Coliseum is right next to the university. That Coliseum, by the way, is used by USC, but it belongs to the city. So anytime there's a major event, it happens right there, mm-hmm. right next to the university. There's also a bunch of museums, really cool museums. Mm-hmm. Museum of Technology, Museum of all the different museums, including the one where we have our very own, oh my God, I'm blanking out, the, uh, the space shuttle, our space mm-hmm. shuttle. It is right there, right. the Endeavor. Beautiful. So, and it is for free entrance to the museum is free mm-hmm. and so believe me when i tell you there are crowds around the university yes so is that the type of environment you are looking for if the answer is yes a university or a college in an urban location is for you if it's not then it's a good idea to reconsider so tell us about new york university yes and new york university is very interesting <laughs> um It has two locations in New York City. One is located in Manhattan, and the other is in Brooklyn. And it's very spread out. Very spread out. Okay, so in Manhattan, most of NYU's buildings are scattered across a roughly square area bounded by Houston Street to the south, Broadway Street to the east, 14th Street to the north, 6th Street to the, the, I'm sorry, 6th Avenue, um, which is called Avenue of the Americas to the west. Yep. And most of NYU's main buildings surround Washington Square Park. Now, this is what's so cool about this, right? So NYU is not, for example, it's not like a USC that it's in its own gated community. 
No, no, no. This is spread out in the middle, smack in the middle of New York City, <laughs> which That's is awesome. great, man. Listen, if this is what you want, if you want to experience the Big Apple, New York City, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody in the world wants to at least see it once. Sure. I've, I love it. Me too. <laughs> I've done many times I and I it love too. it. Yeah. And listen, if that's what you want, then that's what this, that's what you will find there. Yes. In the 1990s, New York University became a two-square university by building a second community around Union Square, about a 10-minute walk from Washington Square. This is a little bit that's tidbits so cool, of information man. that are very cool. Yeah, but they're all very New York specific yeah nyu's yes so nyu's union square community consists of the upperclassmen residence halls of this is so crazy carlisle court palladium residence hall university hall alumni hall coral towers 13th street hall and third north residence hall yeah but but think about this so this is where the upper upperclassmen so these are juniors and seniors mm -hmm. now you have to be okay with being in a city i mean this the university is in the middle of the city yeah the city doesn't stop so, because there are students in the city yeah no it's this a is little rowdy. this is new york city sure and nyu is in the middle of new york city yes so you are going to share the space with the, the city. city yes <laughs> and you have to be comfortable with yeah, that yeah it, and actually enjoy that <laughs> exactly um the other part of NYU is in Brooklyn. So the New York University Tandon School is centrally located in the Metro Tech Center at 6 Metro Tech Center. That's right. That, again, <laughs> that's a that's an NY, that's a New York City thing. Yes. So one of the largest urban university corporate parks in the United States. University slash corporate parks. Oh, meaning sorry. that there are businesses I located the there. Slash. Yes. <laughs> Uh, important buildings include the Wunsk. Is that how you say this? Wunsk. Yeah, Wunsk. Wunsk. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pretend like I know how to pronounce sure, sure. it. Um, the Burn Dibner Building, Six Metro Tech, Jacobs Building, and Rogers Building, and Othmer and Clark Residence Halls. That's right. Yeah, and the campus is a. It has a dining hall, library, and a fitness center. I mean, just buzzing okay yeah, yeah. there are a number of restaurants and other retail stores that surround the area for those students living and attending classes there now, i'm gonna tell you something man so when i was an undergrad i don't think i would have appreciated something like nyu i did want that gated type of you know college environment where i leave the dorm and i could go walking around and i know that i'm in this safe environment right yeah I mean, you. I I think you will get that at NYU as long as you stay within the buildings. Sure. But the moment you step out, you're kind of going into the city. I don't know how much of that you are going to experience. Now, that's as an undergrad. As a graduate student, hmm. I would have appreciated this a lot. Man, yeah. A lot. Because the one thing you don't want as a graduate student is... is to feel confined. Is to feel confined or to, <laughs> you know... And it's like, no. you know, for I'll give you an example. So when you're a graduate student, when I was a graduate student, I was teaching as a substitute teacher in the local school district in the mornings. Because as a graduate student, your classes are in the afternoon, well into the evening, four to 10 or six to 10, like one single class every day. So you usually, I used to go 
as a substitute teacher and teach in some elementary school or junior high. I, w- I never did high schools for some reason, but I substituted. Till about 2.30 in the afternoon, I had a little bit of a break. I would go eat and then go to my classes at night. I appreciated, I would have appreciated an NYU where I would just drive through the city park and go to class. I didn't get to do that because when I drove to the school, the school we went to, which was gated and had that environment that I loved as an undergrad, well, guess what? To go to my classes, I had to drive through the entire campus at 15 miles an hour or less. I had to mind all the different, not checkpoints, but you know, you have to, you have to check in, go through security, all that stuff. Eh, I could have done without it. <laughs> so as a graduate student, I would have appreciated an NYU campus. Now, why are we telling you this? We are telling you this to let you know that locations will play a big role in your experience. Sure. All right. So let's talk about suburbs, right? Universities in the suburbs. Villanova. Villanova University is one of them. It sits on a 260-acre campus just outside Philadelphia. Now, here is the thing with schools that are in the suburbs. Schools located in suburban campuses give students a feeling of seclusion within a city, but they still allow students to enjoy plenty of things to do off campus. Right. So they're far away from the big city, but they're still close enough to many things to, to do. To the Yeah, to, it has a lot of access to many things mm-hmm. around the campus. So that is, that is the suburbs. That's the kind of school we went to, our mm-hmm. alma mater. That's right. was in the suburbs. We had, the school is located in Riverside, the city of Riverside, California. So there's always, you know, outside of the school, there's plenty of things to do. If you're willing to drive an hour, you get to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. you get to the California beaches, sure. you get to so many, the, gosh, the desert is just what, 35 minutes away? Right, right. So it's And the mountains on the other the side. The mountains, that's why the school was so cool is that it was close to everything. Right. So that was in the suburbs. Then we have schools that are more rural. Gosh, man, I got tongue-tied. Rural. R-U-R-A-L. <laughs> I've never been able to really say that word. Rural campuses, rural. right? Ah, yes. uh, th- These are away from everything. Mm-hmm. And we have one example, and it's actually listed as one of the top rural universities in the country, Pacific Union College in Anguin, California. We've gone there several times. Mm-hmm. You know, where is it located? Uh, up Let's north. See if you remember. Goodness. Northern California, but what is it? You know, is it is it in the mountains? It's it's in the uh, foothills, isn't it? Yes, it's in the foothills. You're not... Uh, it's elevated. <laughs> yeah, it's elevated. The school itself is in a bunch of hills. Listen, it has an aviation school. It so, does. So, I mean, uh, these campuses, they have to have that space to... Yeah. Th- there's other schools that are... For agriculture, and there they have is to be... nothing around it except no. some wineries. Yes, tons of it's. I mean, it, that that's what the area is made for. Yeah. Wines, yeah, exactly. To grow wine and Northern California, absolutely. And so the school just happened to be, you know, founded in an area that 
gives itself to that type of soil, which is what makes right. Northern California. Oh, you're speaking like a geologist. Just you must be a geologist. <laughs> Just so, appreciating. So here's the thing. Schools that are in a rural location, you know, guess what? Those students don't have too much to do outside of the school. Right. So because of that, there is usually plenty to do on the school campus. On the weekends, yeah. Not only on the weekdays, but also on the weekends. Absolutely. The school is the school is aware That's of where right. it is, right? And so in order for it for the school to provide the best college experience for its students and as its re- response part of its responsibility is to give the student an ability to socially engage on the weekends, it creates programs through student life that allow you to participate and not basically be bored out of your mind, but has many events throughout the school year so that you can't, you don't, if you don't have a vehicle and you can't, you know, afford a taxi and now let's say an Uber or a Lyft down right. for $70 one way down and to into the city and then another 70 back up to the campus again, it's something that the school considers yeah. and plans for. And therefore, there's much more activity, more, much more uh, planned events so students can partake exactly. and, and feel still that they're receiving a good educational experience throughout the week and into the weekend. That is correct. And so I'm looking here. I did a quick Google search and the distance from Anguin, California, Anguin, A-N-G-W-I-N, to San Francisco. So Anguin is... North of San Francisco, the difference or the distance is 75.2 miles. <laughs> it's close to, yeah, no, Santa Rosa. But, you know, there's, again, that's the big cities are Sacramento, Sacramento, Oakland, and San Francisco. And, yeah, they are not close by. Right. So those schools are really cool in the sense that, hey, guess what? Students that attend those those campuses are going to have a minimum of a minimum of uh, interruptions sure. by the outside world. Right. Right. And, There'll and be if, plenty to do on the campus. Sure. But there's not that interruption. There's not that whole hey, we are going to the big city and party and do this and yeah. do that and then try to get back into our studies, which yeah, it takes you a while. Right. And and you know your personality. You know what will affect you. And again, like I said earlier, which campus is best for you, right? You know yourself. You know what you need. You know if TV distracts you when you're studying, then you're looking at easily being distracted by anything that's right. surrounding the school. Or if you're the type of person that could study with music and things like that, and things things don't affect you as much when you're when you're studying, again, Um, every personality, every learner is unique. Every experience is for yourself, for your your own. You, you have to be mentally in the game. You have to be appreciative of all the experiences school offers you. You're not going to find a a school that is absolutely a perfection. No, there's pros and cons to everything. So making a list, but... C- considering these things and your personality and what fits perfectly for you, then that'll give you a good, solid, well-balanced list 
to say, hey, these are the types of schools that interest me and the types of school that I will excel in. And that is what we want for you as as a student that's doing research about which lists of schools to apply for. That is correct. That is very correct. So the last type of uh, location that we are going to talk about today, not that these are the only ones, but the, the last one we're going to talk about today is, well, the types of locations that, you know, where they are exposed to the four seasons. Mm. Yes. Right? So I mean, the four seasons, yes. talking about weather. Consider the weather. I know it is so, goodness, bland <laughs> to so put cool, on your list. You know, for, especially for those of us in California. Oh, it's so cool to to go to the snow for an hour or two or for a day. Yeah. I mean, we're... Put us in, an, in, an, in, a, in some weather where we have to live in the snow. Yeah. Drive in the snow. Oh, goodness. Do we even have clothes for the snow? Right, right. We don't. No. And the thing <laughs> is that even if when our window is frosting, we get stressed out. <laughs> so I can imagine having to go and have yes, your car on. Like for... such snowflakes, don't we? Oh, goodness. Sorry. But it's true. Yeah. Exactly. And the type of weather, right? Is it, Does it have four seasons? Most places don't. Uh, I right. come from Florida, which well, is... What if you you go to uh, you know uh, universities? I mean, you really have to consider the weather, man. Yes. So is it? Are they very rainy? Yes. University of Oregon, University of Washington. Are you going get to be okay a lot with that? Of rain. Absolutely. And so you you have to consider the weather. How and do you respond to that? How do you respond to rainy days that go on? And on. And on and on and where sure. the sun is not always out. Right. If you need. If you're used to the sun or if you're from, if you are from, you know, Portland and you are just done and you're 18 and you're saying, I want to see sun. Uh, right. <laughs> then those, that would drive your decision. Or maybe they want to go to a place like, for example, Syracuse University, which is, it's one of those institutions, man, that is for winter loving Absolute. students. Do you like they, to snowboard? Oh man, listen, they get 118 inches of snow Goodness. every year. Goodness. Every so, winter. so listen, if you are a fanatic of snowboarding or um, skiing or any kind of those type of activities, why wouldn't you that's choose you. something that's, where, that's... where to release your stress or, or, or you make friends that enjoy doing the same thing you do, take a trip over the weekend, things like that. You were a snowboarder. I loved it. Yeah. But can I tell you when I, so I learned how to snowboard in a day. In four hours. Right. So the first two hours, though, goodness, because they took me to the... I said, okay, listen, I'm going to confess. I said I knew how to snowboard. I didn't. So... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I really wanted to go with my friends. And I said, don't worry, I'll pick it up. Don't don't even think about it. It's snow. What, what can hurt? Well, for the first two hours, I kept falling on my butt. But you want to break the fall so you put your wrists oh oh my goodness my idea. wrists were hurting of course my You're butt lucky was you hurting didn't break them absolutely and by our by our two i really got it. I, I i just i got it and so i was coming down i was shaving the ice it was awesome awesome in one of those times when i really got really excited that i was really tread, treading down treading yeah, down yeah, yeah, yeah. i fell but this is where this was the steepest part of the mountain. And oh, of course, no. when I fell, people were coming at No. So this, so my friend, um, Icky. Icky, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I went with their group. 
and he he big saw guy. he saw me. He was huge. He was a big big guy. He's a big guy from Guam, Samoa, Samoa. Yes, and so he was uh, tall, you know, tall, tall. I fell, muscle, muscle, guy. and he was coming straight up. I don't know how he lifted his legs. Yeah, and the snowboard touched my hat. And oh, <laughs> you do not, man. He is. He's kind of like the Rock. Yes, kind of like that kind of guy. Yes, you don't want that guy falling on you. No, but you know? he and he's and, the sweetest guy. But I'm yeah. sure. No, yeah, no. You, oh he boy, he fell. Right, he says. What are you doing? And I said, I don't know. But and I the was the sweetest guy too. Yeah, and I, I guess I was so nervous. I was laughing. He says, "Get out of the way! They're going to kill you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but by hour three and four, oh, I was good. No more uh, falling. Anytime you're around Iki, it's a good time. Yeah, I yeah. You know, the snow wasn't for me. Still isn't. I you know give me a beach. I did a lot of. Uh, I did you know not surfing, but I did uh, waterboarding. Not waterboarding. The waterboarding is a torture. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. Gosh, what am I talking? Uh, a, a body a body boarding. Oh, that's okay. body boarding. You could see, but where- almost professional man. I was really into it. I would come out of school and I would go to the beach. I said waterboarding. Yeah, waterboarding. Sorry. That's like a torture technique. I know. I'm sorry. And which, uh, yeah. Uh, so that was that was me. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I, I don't necessarily enjoy being in 112 degree weather. But isn't it crazy that you and I went to the exact same school and we both could do those things? We could do those things. And some of those things I chose not to do. Correct. <laughs> Correct. I did all you know, of them. I, honestly, I just wanted to be everywhere. Because it wasn't my thing. I wouldn't even have known. I mean, I know you could go to Big Bear and do things yes. like that. And I didn't. I and And that's the truth. I didn't know how to get there or do it. I wanted to they said they were going to I said sign me up and and it's to go uh, to go snowboarding it's about a 35 minute drive yes whereas to go to the beach is an hour yes and I would still go to the beach of course so yeah it's so why why are we saying this hey listen this is all part of your experience so think about the colleges or universities you are thinking of putting in your list of colleges, and begin to think about location. Where are they located? What, how is that going to influence you? What type of school, what type of location is the type of location that better suits you? Correct. Absolutely. Because you are the one that is going to have to live with that location or in that location for at least four years. Could be six. Should you not transfer out, but yes. Yeah. Four to six, man. Four to six. Uh, so, you know, when when you do a, an, a, an undergraduate, a bachelor's degree, it is expected that you finish it between four and six years. Sure. Right? And that is finishing it on time. Correct. Between four and six years. So Shooting for four, but yes. Shooting for four. <laughs> and so, yeah, so it's important to think about location. Absolutely. All right. So is there anything else you wanted to mention in this related to this topic? Um, My goodness. I mean... The 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 hard part is when you go to a school, you, you can't do every single thing you have ever imagined in life. But there are schools that will offer you the most, and the most of for what you want, and the most of the experience you can walk out with is the one that you are going to truly be passionate about. That's that's what we want to tell you too to encourage you to make a list that will instill in you some kind of 
excitement, some kind of um, journey that you can't wait to get on because that's the, that is in itself something that's going to propel you, move you, push you, uh, guide you, and allow you to be in a school that makes you feel like you're on top of the world. That's right. And that's when you you achieve success. That's when you finally say, oh, I love my college years. They're so amazing. Yeah. And you will never, ever be this young <laughs> with these many awesome experiences available to you in front of you, beside you, with a friend, with building friendships that will last a long, long time. The more you are conscientious of the list that you make, that you're going to apply to, the more juice you're going to get out of this experience. That is correct. That is correct. Thank you, Mrs. Kadavid. As you're always, welcome. you have spoken like a very, very experienced college admission pro. But in this case, you kind of didn't. You just spoke as a person who... Who experienced Who experienced a, 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 an amazing experience. And, I, you know, as we said before, we recently went to our alma mater just because we live close to it. So we went and we walked on the campus and... Man, we remembered what it was like to be there, and we got really melancholic. A little bit. Beautiful experience. Beautiful bit. experience. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you haven't done so already, please give us a five-star review. That is a five-star rating and a good review. That is yes. the best way you can help us spread our message. We love you guys. We hope you guys are doing well. Please send us any questions or comments you have, and we will be happy to answer them. Until our next episode, we will say, see you guys. See ya. Thank you for listening to the College Metropolis podcast on collegemetropolis.com.